Hello everyone, good evening, and uh, thank you for joining us for yet another session of Girl by Moonlight Fractal Spire, our Speculate special series on this channel. Uh, I will be your uh, humble stage manager this evening again. My name is Brandon O'Brien. I'm very excited to do the thing with you all this evening. Uh, I am excited to uh, share in uh, the shenanigans for this evening. Uh, I am very excited to bring the strange friends with me. Um, if you have noticed, we had a brand new logo that we showed off during our fundraiser stream. And again, thank you so very much for supporting our fundraiser stream marathon a couple of weeks ago. We raised $1,001, thanks to you all. And that's actually really rad. That's going all the way into producing even more content for you all. Thank you so very much in particular for those whose support went to the Patreon, because that's been a great boon to us as well, helping us continue doing the work that we're going to uh, be doing from this point onward. And I hope that you will consider spreading the word for other people to learn about the cool stuff that we're doing so they can also support us and we can continue to make wonderful content for you to consume. Of course, we are in a fraught time social media-wise that at some point Twitter will not be the best possible place for everyone to gravitate. But we look forward to having a better sense of what our collective social media status will be very, very soon. And when that happens, we will let you all know we want to be in a place where everybody is already being. But when that happens, you will know that you can get information about Speculate and all of the other cool stuff that happens on twitch.tv slash Elron there. So please be on the lookout for when we let you know on Twitter that we're not on Twitter anymore. I'm just going to go straight to interrupting all of these lovely people who were surely having some wonderful conversation that I just totally ruined because I'm a terrible person. As I come over here, I'm very excited to get into shenanigans with you all. But before the shenanigans begin, of course, I should ask all of you to please let all the lovely people in chat know who you are, what you do, and who you'll be playing this evening, starting with Mike. Hello, everybody. I am Michael R. Underwood. I go by Mike here. He, him pronouns for me. I am one of the co-hosts of Speculate, along with Brandon and Greg, a.k.a. Arv. If you were not here last Saturday, we had an amazing nine-hour stream, which was super fun, and the community really came out and blew us totally away. So you can find that on YouTube at youtube.com slash Elron under Speculate Fundraiser or Speculate Marathon. I don't remember exactly. It's there. You'll find it. It's fine. Today, I am... Uh, playing Vic Sains, the Guardian. Vic is they, them, except when having to perform masculinity under dystopia, at which point they are he, him. Hello, friends. I am Valerie Valdez. She, her pronouns. I'm the author of the Chilling Effect trilogy and the forthcoming Where Peace is Lost, more space opera for me. Uh, I stream as the kids are asleep, and I am playing Nina Lopez, the unlikely hero. Hello, hello, strange friends. Yoigo Wayne Lin, he, they pronouns for me. Tonight, I am playing Vermilion Jingwei Ruth, the outsider. He's more of a they, them, but goes by he, him, because doesn't really care about anyone. That's just, everything is terrible. <laughs> it is. And last but not least, Iori. Happy time zone, friends. Kusuno Iori, they, them pronouns for me. I am playing, as always, Cat Holly, the time traveler who uses she, her pronouns. And as for me, I am Brandon O'Brien. 
pronouns he, him, or they, them. I am a poet, writer, and game designer from Trinidad and Tobago, but what matters is that I am the stage manager for tonight. It is my responsibility to make the world as terrible as possible for all of these lovely people. So in in that vein, I should remind everybody exactly how terrible things were the last time. So last time on uh, Girl by Moonlight Fractal's Fire, our Dream Knights were invited to a party, and... Uh, uh, our one of them, Cat, was given a job offer that didn't really appeal to anyone, but would have been potentially useful. So they decided to check out the party anyway. At which point, a series of very weird things happened, all of which kind of culminated in being aware that this might be a trap. At which point, the dream was beginning to be manipulated and. In an attempt to discover by whom and for what purpose, they found a young girl in the dream who claims to be Rustam Demir's little sister and insists that she has been in the dream for most of her life. And on a whim, in part because the dream was becoming hostile at that point, our dream knights have decided to take Aisha Demir out of the dream with them, in the hopes of learning more about why she was there and what is about to happen next, at which point things have gotten incredibly more tense for all of them. And one of the things that we need to do to discover exactly how tense that is is, we didn't do Fallout last session, so we're gonna do it live, as they say. Mike, would you like to help me do the thing? Sometimes my brain falls out of my head when it comes to Fallout. Sure. So the conspiracy track is at, on tier two, but tier two is not full. Mm -hmm. And have we been doing you roll on the tier that is full or on the tier that is filling? It should be the tier that is full. Okay. And then Fallout. Fallout results are one level worse until all propagators are identified. I don't believe we have all propagators identified. We do not. So I think then we roll 1d6 and you will take whatever the next higher level result is from tier 1 results. Okay, let me do the thing. I rolled a 4, which means that instead we will take whatever is at 6. So a 6 for tier 1 is a suspect lets slip a dark secret. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Brandon briefly became a, a surprise happy gif. This is this is going to be wild. I'm very glad I did that. I'm very glad that I know the process by which the following actions are about to take place. Should we be rolling on tier two? Because if, if the tier three fallout thing is full, the series is over. I'm not sure. So the tier two the tier two uh, six result is the dream bleeds into the waking. So dealer's choice, maybe. Por que no los dos? Because the only dark secret that is left to reveal was probably going to happen anyway. So let's get into some shenanigans. So our scene opens with a pile of aching and confused bodies in Ruth's apartment bathroom, jostled and uncomfortable after having just escaped the dream. It is dry, thank God, but it's no less 
dark and cramped. And the very first thing that happens is Aisha Demir kind of wriggles her way out of the pile of all of you, straightens up, and then reaches into one of the pockets of the pants that she's wearing and pulls out something. And you can all hear her mutter, I don't think this was a good idea after all. And then the Aisha Demir in front of you is no longer Aisha Demir. She briefly becomes, in very rapid succession, a large plank of wood, a fluttering pile of confetti, a large mannequin in her shape and in her clothing, a very loud, very bright, and very painful glitching strobe appearance in like the room around you. And all of all, all the while while this is happening, she drops whatever it was she was holding. And it hits the ground and makes this awful shattering noise. And for the purposes of the camera, we will briefly zoom into this shattering noise as we see what would have also been a very fancy, transparent glass cell phone. Much smaller than Rustam's, but still looks very expensive. Has just fallen to the floor and broken into a thousand pieces. And all of those pieces just so idly start to make the shape of the fractal eye. As the camera zooms all the way into it, and on the other side is a very frightened, very confused Cat Holly. Cat, I would like you to describe a thing for me. What is the absolute worst timeline that you have since survived up to this point? There are several where Vic dies due to the counter-revolutionaries. But actually, I think the very worst one is the one where Vic gets kidnapped and Kat can't find out either way whether Vic has been killed or not. Because in that one, she is trapped in a cycle of just rewinding, trying over and over to ask the right questions to the right people to figure out where Vic is being held, if Vic is even still alive. The uncertainty of that one makes it the worst one to be in. If you were to gather information, uh, let's say, by asking the colleagues of Vix who you know, um, what would you roll to do so? Right, 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 because we don't have sway in this game, do we? No, we don't. We have far more evocative things all of a sudden. <laughs> and I don't have dots in any of them. I mean, ideally, empathize, which I have no dots in. Do, would, you, would you like to take the risk anyway? I don't think I actually have a choice, so let's go. Okay, fair enough. Your position is desperate. Uh, please mark your XP accordingly. Mm-hmm. And your effect is 
great. There are large. There is a large pool of people who you can ask. It's just whether or not. Yeah, failed that roll. Failed that roll so bad. Oh my One and a six. Zero dice. You take the lower. Ugh. Um. Yike. Um. You ask all of the counter-revolutionaries whom you know. None of them can give you any immediate information. All of them are as eager to find Vic as you are. All of them are trying their very hardest. But nobody has any leads. All they can tell you is the details of how Vic got snatched. Vic, what are those details? So in this timeline, everybody has been pressed. Ruth's apartment has been burned down. Nina has lost her job. Kat has fled Somnio after it was kind of infiltrated and basically being turned into a an operating theater for not like surgery operating theater, but like a forward operating base for the conspiracy. And throughout all of this, Vic has been straining against the edges of Deed's indulgence. And Vic gets caught because in a critical moment, in a mission in the dream, Deed withholds transcendence and Vic is stuck fighting as kind of their normal dreaming self because in Deed's mind, Vic has compromised too many times and is no longer worthy of their blessing and is taken. Vic, you awaken tied to a large metal table. The room that you're in is dark. Uh, you can hear that it probably has four or five other warm bodies in it, but you can't see anybody. Um, you can just hear muttering and footsteps from some quite some ways away. Uh, and, go ahead. And after a few uh, moments, someone in a tuxedo with a very ornate white and gold mask on their face enters through one of the few like scraps of light that is present in the room for you to see uh, for you to see them and they lean in very close and say you really thought that you would last this long so are are my feet/legs bound as well mm-hmm. okay cuz otherwise i was going to like do some leg grappling bullshit i think Regardless, Vic will headbutt this person and try to break the mask open. Give me a roll for that. I'm going to use Defy. Okay, cool. Your position is desperate and your effect is standard. Because you can headbutt them. It's just whether it breaks the mask or not. Whether it draws blood. Sure. I'm just going to write down Desperate Standard Defy so that we have a record, and I'm going to roll 2d6, which is how much I have in Defy. That's a 1 and a 3, however, so I think perhaps Vic is too well-bound. Uh, yeah, you are close enough to just nudge the mask, like you do touch him, but it is obviously not enough to cause any pain. The masked man <laughs> chuckles and goes, Really? We're really going to struggle all the way onto the end. Every single breath I have, I will spend freeing people. That's what you don't understand. People will not stop. Once you see freedom, once you can imagine it, you cannot 
help but fight for it. I understand that part. But I think that there are two things that you don't understand. The first is that people are fickle. People fall down over all kinds of distractions all the time. It's how we've lasted this long, and you've known that part. That's why you've been undoing all of our telecommunications, why you've been crashing our parties. But here's the other thing that you don't understand. We get that you will fight until your last breath. We're not here to change that. And then, out of frame, you see him reach out uh, a hand. And then when he pulls that hand back, he has a ball-peen hammer caked in blood. And he says, I'm here to take your last breath. And then we cut back to Cat. You have been struggling for several days to find Vic. All of your leads have run dry at this point. What is the very last option that you have to see if you can save Vic before something goes wrong? Cat pulls from the deck of reveries. A uh, 99 roll. What's an 80 get me, Brandon? Ooh, 80. Let's see. Are you sure you're not actually psychic, Iori? I keep telling people I'm a fortune teller, not a psychic. Okay. <laughs> so, you reach out for the deck of reveries, and you get a card. When it arrives in your hand, it is the black back of the card with gold inlay and when you turn it over you see a knife kicked in blood this card is literally called the knife what does the knife mean cat the knife does what the swords do in the tarot except all of them at once at extremely high velocity oh no it's like yes yes you are suffering you are suffering in an extremely painful way. Your actions contributed to this suffering, which is not to say that you are at fault, but it does mean that, you know, like, certainly you have made choices that brought you into the position for other people to hurt you very, very badly. As you're looking at the card, just to check a thing for me in my brain, where are you right now, Cat, in this other timeline? What is where, where is the physical location where you are? Honestly, I think at this point, Cat is full on doing this on the street. She has not been home in a few days, like not wearing makeup. These are three days ago. Ago, those clothes. Mm -hmm. She looks extremely disheveled, starting to look kind of unhinged from lack of sleep. You hear in the street, which is pristine, but you know that things are not going well on this street. At this point, the conspiracy has ramped up to the point where anyone who is not actively suffering in their homes aren't living in their homes anymore. The street that you're living, mm -hmm. the street that you're walking on is almost perfect silence. And you can hear very 
determined, very rapid footsteps gaining toward you. Wait, Brandon, clarifying question. Did what we just did with the deck count as a gather info? Oh yeah, it does. We forgot that I have Oracle. You can see the myriad timelines leading from past to future. When you gather info, gain plus one effect. If it relates to your fated person, also take plus one D. Oh ho! So, I don't know. Find a way to throw that in later since I blanked on that. (laughs) Oh no, all of these things are... Ah, all of these things will uh, will uh, become very useful as we continue. So I'm taking note. Really, you, you have a plus one D stored for a thing. That's how I'm going to read that. Okay. So you hear footsteps gaining toward you. Mm-hmm. Are Are you going to respond to the footsteps gaining toward you? I am going to invoke rewind return. I have played this little portion of the timeline at least once before, and I am flashing back to what it was last time. The conspiracy is closing in from both sides. Uh-huh. I love this so much. Okay. <laughs> this is going to this is going to seem like I'm being a terrible GM, but I trust you. I'm doing story things. You close your eyes and try to focus on uh, the core of this timeline. So you may return to that point. Mm-hmm. And just as that happens, just as you feel yourself very slowly reversing to that prior point, you feel someone grip your forearm very tightly. You know what? Why the fuck not? I'd like to use Saw It Coming, which this version of Cat hasn't used. <laughs> All of this is perfect. Please remind me. You can expend your special armor to resist any consequence relating to surprise or misfortune, to be in two places at once, or perform some similar feat of time manipulation. So, I would like to say that there is a second cat, approximately three feet away. And that cat is now attacking the one that just grabbed base cat. <laughs> I like how you put it that way. Because you open your eyes when this happens. First, describe second cat. Second cat is not transcended. <laughs> second cat looks like... Huh. This cat looks at least one day less stressed and frazzled than current cat. That's a little weird, come to think of it. Mm-hmm. Quite so. Something weirder still is about to happen. Ooh-hoo-hoo. You open your eyes, and the person that you are attempting to engage in conflict with is a third cat. I love this. This is a Spider-Man finger guns meme. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, yes. God. I am having my Spider-Man moment. (laughs) This cat is wearing what would be a very pristine red sequined suit, except for the fact that it's very obvious that one of the sleeves has been very deeply cut and has a scar running diagonally across uh, Cat's lip. 
you have no idea what timeline this is from. This is the first time you're encountering any of this. Cat Hot three. Future time skip me. Yeah. <laughs> Cat three goes. Oh Jesus! And ducks whatever attack Cat two was about to deliver, and then turns back to you, Cat Prime, and goes. <laughs> I don't have any time for this. Just know that this is the wrong one. And shoves you. Okay. You're supposed to go through a large sheet of glass behind you. But instead, you fall through the dream. This is what got you to this point. To the beginning of this story. This is how you found yourself here. And as you're, like, looking through the torn, kind of frazzled shower curtains in this bathroom to look at Aisha, you see a card slip out of the glass of the broken phone of the deck of referees. That card is the distorted lens. The exact same printed version of the distorted lens that you had that you had picked up when you were in the dream the first time. Mm-hmm. And then another card slides out. Is the distorted lens again. Another one slips out. It's a distorted lens again. This keeps happening. Just mm-hmm. cards are filing out of these broken shards of glass like single dollar bills out of a money counter. We are assembling a deck that is, oops, all distorted lens. Mm-hmm. Aisha is still glitching, by the way. Like, very visibly. It doesn't seem to be causing, it doesn't seem to be causing her a great deal of pain, but it is really freaking her out. Ruth is going to basically pick his way out of the bathtub and then start speaking to her in, like, the very calm... ICU nurse, everything is under control kind of way, just making sure that she mentally is present and then like to carefully usher out of the bathroom where all the broken glass is and then getting her to a place that is more comfortable. He's just very like, this is a crisis. I'm managing the crisis now. You can very much see that he's kind of fallen back into like that professional training that he left a very long time ago but he's basically like locking down the situation making sure everybody is calm making sure everybody has a specific thing to do okay we're all going to meet in the living room all the blinds are shut and everything no one's going to peek in and see any of this but we're going to handle it you're going to be okay how many dots do you have in empathize hilariously ruth doesn't have any Nina will assist in this. <laughs> Nina <laughs> has all the dots in empathize. Okay, cool. Unless there's another action that you think... I feel like the way that you've described that empathize obviously fits, but if there's another version of that in your brain... I think empathize is, like, as written. It should be empathize. I deliberately picked not to uh, spec Ruth with empathize because it's been... A good amount of time, and also he's just so burned out as a caregiver for many, many reasons. So, like, this is playing out as I kind of expected. So, I do expect to either push for this or to 
have a poison promise for this, especially considering that we are in the presence of so much dream magic. Maybe there is a bargain that he takes with Ruthless again for uh, making this happen. Nina, uh, you said that you would assist? Yeah, seeing what Ruth is trying to accomplish, Nina will also attempt to reinforce basically what Ruth is doing in the kind of like, it's okay, it's going to be okay. Not not, not that they're necessarily lying, (laughs) per se, because I don't know what Ruth is doing exactly there. But that very calm, like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to, let's get out of here. Let's get out of the bathroom. Okay. You you are also the one who kind of let her out of the dream, so... He just feeling really conflicted about that right now because this is definitely a lot. Indeed. Uh, I would like you to take one stress for that. Ruth, I do have a poison promise. What is this poison promise? Do you think your avatar likes it when you are comforting people in situations like these? I think so. Because Ruthless views Ruth as the softer half of the two of them. Not necessarily the weaker half, but the softer half. Mm-hmm. So when Ruth is doing what, in a sense, he kind of felt called to do before the trauma got to him, um, Ruthless is pleased because it's like, okay, so the softer half of us is fulfilling his function. Whereas when I step forward and I do terrible things, I'm fulfilling my function. Problems happen when Ruth thinks he can do the work of both of us, and then I have to put him back in line. But now you're doing what you're supposed to, so everything is okay. Ah, okay, cool. Here is your poison promise. You begin to sense a strong undescribable feeling from within that you know is tied to Ruthless that is linked in some way to uh, your decision to calm Aisha in this moment. I will make a clock but not tick it saying but, and this the, the title of this clock is You Don't Need Me Right Now. It's a four clock. If it ever becomes full you will have to essentially placate Ruthless in order to transcend. I think that plays into their dynamic pretty well. I'll take that. <laughs> Noted. So yeah, you can now roll Empathize with two dice. Okay, uh, what's my position? Your position is risky and your effect is... Your effect is extreme. Your effect is extreme. Okay. Risky, extreme, empathize, roll. No, that's two ones. Big yike. Big uh, yikes. Okay, uh, noted. Good geez. Um, We're not doing well today, folks. <laughs> Aisha wasn't really panicking before, but she's panicking now, and it's making the glitching worse. Very briefly, it seems as if when Aisha is speaking, she's no longer speaking any any present human language. It's it's this is just not working out the way that it's supposed to work out. While that's happening, who has Rustam Demir's phone? That's Vic. Vic, are you still in? Are you still in the 
Are you still in the shower? Vic has stepped out and sat down somewhere, holding both their own and Rustam Demir's phone, having pulled out like equivalent of a lightning cable to hook up their phone to Rustam Demir's phone. And there is simultaneously a data transfer going and Vic is scanning Demir's phone for like basically high, high priority or high danger emails, assets or something else. Hacker voice, I have the phone. <laughs> what do you want to roll to gather information about the phone? I I mean, I have more in Perceive, but I feel like Analyze is going to be more effective here. Okay, please give me an Analyze roll. The way that I'm framing it, I feel like the plus effect from um, Watchful should apply when you gather info to anticipate possible threats. Mm -hmm. But I only have one in that, and... Vic is a, a helper protector uh, spec, so when I have to do things on my own, it's a little bit more difficult. Is there a poison promise available here? I mean, there is. If you take this poison promise, you become aware, because this is a thing that you are trained to be aware of, uh, that the phone is actively being tracked. There will be a six clock. It's not going to be that. Eh. Yeah, it should be six, shouldn't it? The conspiracy knows where we are. It won't, take it won't take immediately, but every time that you interact with the phone, I will, like, there will be a complication that will lead to it potentially ticking up. Okay. That is fine by me. We are, we are racing toward endgame, so let's go. What is my position and effect in doing this uh, gather info on the phone? Your position is controlled, and your effect is great. Okay, and that is after my bonus? Yes. Okay. Okay, I got a two and a four. And when you get a four on a controlled roll, you can push to risky and re-roll. Is that a thing that you want to do? So I can either push to risky and re-roll, I can take a four with a controlled consequence, or I can back out and try a different action. I what do we think, folks? Do it, do it. I have another poison promise for you. So now I know how this is going to materialize. Every time, okay. you, interact with, every time you interact with the phone, you will get another poison promise, which is the tick. Okay, so... My understanding of the rules is that if you if you push to risky, you keep your dice pool. Mm -hmm. So I want, it I want to know if you want another one. <laughs> another another one. I mean, statistically, that would be great because I'm looking. I would love to get a six here, mm -hmm. but this is controlled. So a controlled consequence is not very much. What do we think, folks? D double double or nothing, or play it as is. What would Vic like do without a little risk? What would Vic do? What would Vic knowing do? that somebody like there is a very panicked dream child glitching out in the bathroom? Yeah, I feel like like under these circumstances, would Vic hold on to where they are right now, or would Vic be like, okay, we really need to? Because hmm. I think one of the things that I could theoretically get from this role is specific evidence that. Uh, Demir is being blackmailed by the conspiracy, which would let us smash cut to a scene with Demir. So yeah, I think Vic is like 
you know, tap, 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 tap. And there's just, he just gets so many emails. And Vic reads very fast and is very good at parsing information, but has to basically use less encryption and be less careful to get through things faster as the kind of tension in the room is rising with Aisha flickering more. So I'm going to re-roll at Risky. Can I assist? Uh, I mean, you can. My assist basically is that Ruth sees that he is kind of scaring the child and the child seems to be connecting with Nina a bit more. So he quietly asks Nina to take point on talking to her and passes the notes on Aisha's condition to Vic's just so that Vic has more keywords on tell me if there's something that we can use to help calm her down. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's my framing of the assist. So you get an extra dice. Thank you. So that's up to three right now, and you're taking the poison promise as well? Yes, because I would really love to get a crit here. So that means that you're up to four dice, if I'm not Uh mistaken. Okay, cool. This clock is at one of six. Dear John Harper, god of scoundrels, please be with me in this time of my need. Three, five, one, one. Well, that's... I still get a, a mixed hit. Five is good. This phone was locked. The hint for the password for this phone was something that Euphony said Rustam would know. And then you realize, nope, that's not it. You have no idea what Rustam knows. But on a lark, as you just like randomly try anything to to, to sign into this phone, you only realize after you've unlocked it that the numerical code that you put in was Euphony's birthday. And then it dawns on you, totally as an aside, whether Rustam knew that was immaterial, Rustam left that hint for y'all. Now you unlock Rustam's phone, you have access to his contacts, you have access to his emails... The thing that is already on screen when you unlock the phone is a text chain that Rustam was having with someone who does not have a name in his phone book. It's just an emoji of the evil eye. Okay, cool. Subtle. The texts in this uh, thread are some of the most hostile you've ever seen. Someone is essentially telling uh, Rustam that he has a responsibility to ensure that things take place on time, that the eye program is almost finished, and uh, he should be dedicating all of his waking moments to completing it, at which he is essentially pleading for patience, insisting that he and his team is being run ragged, attempting to placate this other person by saying, if we don't take our time and do this to the best of our possible ability, then it has the potential to break down and that would be bad for all of us. But this person is insistent regardless. Get it done. We know what we're doing. Just make sure that the thing is complete. Okay. So Vic is like processing this this information and then and turns to uh, to Kat, maybe as as Nina is kind of consoling Aisha. So I think the best thing 
for her is going to be getting to Rustum, but we need to do it in a way that the conspiracy isn't then going to grab her. It looks like Demir's being pressured to uh, send the I program to release, which I'm guessing is the metastasis or apotheosis of the conspiracy slash the dream. The question is, how directly do we want to address this? Because I can just email him saying, time, place, we have we have Aisha, and we and we want you on our side against the conspiracy. I feel I like it's very, very to misinterpret an email like that as hi, we're the villains. That's like, fair. Mm, I would I would write a slightly longer email than that. Yes. I just hmm. See, the thing I keep getting stuck on is that there is like no innocuous way to be like, hi, we have your sister. That's always threatening. Like right. We rescued your sister from the prison you put her in because now you have options. That's slightly better. That's tactful, yeah. Suddenly, two things happen at the exact same time. Vic, Rustam's phone rings from an unknown number. Nina, the apartment, someone is knocking on the apartment door at the exact same time. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band, The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.